Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. I'm your host, the Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne. Today we're joined by Alberto with Bitwave. Alberto, man, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Wayne. I'm really looking forward to this. Excited to be here. Uh, absolutely, man. Yeah, we've been trying to, to, to nail down this podcast for a while. So glad we're finally able to make it happen, man. You and I have uh, some history. We've known each other prior to you being at Bitwave. So, and let's share a little bit from everybody before we jump into what Bitwave is and what you guys are doing there. Uh, tell everybody about your background, kind of what you did before uh, the crypto industry and what, you, what you've done since joining. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so before crypto, before blockchain, right, I was in traditional finance. I used to be a Merrill Lynch advisor um, working out of L.A., you know, those offices, wealth management and retail banking. Um, and that's kind of where I guess I got the the curiosity of learning more about blockchain and crypto back in, what is it, 2015. Um, at the time, right, I, w I was working at Bank of America and they canceled a remittance program that they had to Latin America. And that's kind of what took me down the rabbit hole of learning about cross-chain, or sorry, um, cross-border remittances using Bitcoin, right? Like if um, someone, if I'm sending money to my family in Mexico, $200, I shouldn't be paying five, 10% to send $200, right? Um, I should be able to just send them some Bitcoin, have them off ramp and use it to whatever, um, purchase whatever they got to purchase, right? Without having to go through that intermediary of a bank or a money transmitter like MoneyGram or Western Union or something like that. Um, so that was kind of like my introduction to blockchain and Bitcoin and crypto. And then ever since then, you know, again, working at the financial industry, a lot of the things that I was doing were always just becoming aha moments, right? Like if somebody does a home loan, why can't that be an NFT, right? And, you know, once I've finished paying off my home loan, why isn't that automatic, the title automatically transferred to my name? Why do I have to go register with the city, with this, you know, financial institutions, right? All that stuff really got me going with blockchain and crypto and just real world use cases, right? Um, and I want to say about what, almost three years ago now, probably three years ago now, um, that's when I reached out to or just started sending cold emails to random, you know, um, crypto companies, blockchain companies that I found really interesting because I wanted to make the jump. I wanted to leave TradFi. I wanted to join this fight, uh, this DeFi, right? Like just start going all in. And yeah, I, I reached out to one of the companies that reached back out to me was Stably. Um, I was working with Corey reached out, him and I had some um, some mutual like um, career um, companies like ba Bank America, Merrill Lynch, we both worked there. We didn't work together. He worked in Seattle, I was in LA, but we still had those kind of common interests, right? Um, and then we, we just kind of hit it off. And if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't know everything I know about DeFi and blockchain. He really took me under his wing, taught me about stable coins, the importance of stable coins in DeFi, right? Yield farming, lending, all that stuff. He really opened my eyes because before that, it was just Bitcoin, HODL, Ethereum, and that's kind of just it, right? I was TradFi. I was scared of interacting with blockchain at the time because I thought I was gonna lose my job, right? <laughs> um, and and yeah, because of Corey, I'm able to, you know, navigate the waters of Web3 from one ecosystem to another. Um, and yeah, I was with him for about two years, um, helping on the business growing their business development team, uh, marketing, just a lot of, you know, 
conferences and networking, right? And a little bit of fundraising or helping connect with VCs. Um, and then about, till about this past September, um, I joined Bitwave. Um, I'm heading their business development, um, yeah, um, like uh, their business development efforts. Um, what, what the goal is, is to interact with more blockchain ecosystems and have more native integrations um, within within our platform, right? Just have user better user experience, more accurate data um, for doing financial accounting, reporting, treasury management, and um, payments uh, on-chain. So yeah, it's kind of like a brief history of myself going from traditional finance to DeFi, stablecoin, fighting that war. And now I'm helping bridge, you know, not just traditional institutions into Web3, but also crypto native um, projects that are trying to have compliant books and records. Absolutely, man. I definitely, I can, I can say you're one of the few people that I, I see really at all the conferences we go to, right? Uh, we either run into each other or we're both there and we're both so busy we miss each other, but uh, you definitely have been around. And I guess for anyone listening that maybe wants to work in the space or learn more about the space, do you feel like those events are a great place to network? Oh, yeah, definitely. The events are a great place to network, right? Um, in the space, we only know PFPs of most people, right? Um, and when you're at these events, you get to meet the person, you get to meet the project. So when I'm deploying capital into some liquidity pool and I know these guys, right? Like it's not just some random project in the shadow building, right? Like actual real people trying to do real things. And then I get the sense of character as well of these founders of these investors, right? Um, if I find them to be a little bit shady, I might stay away, right? Um, or if I say that they're working with good people and working with, um, you know, reputable projects and investors, and that's kind of where you want to build that synergy and build those relationships. So these 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 conferences um, bring everybody together, and that's what I really like about it. And and then there's also differentiator in conferences, right? You have those builder conferences like East Denver, all these other ones, right? And then you have these like more Web3 centric, like NFT um, focus, NFT NYC, right? A little bit different crowd, um, but still join the same movement of building you know, Web3 and, and blockchain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all those events bring different things. I tell people, you know, kind of the top three events I think to hit in the U.S. lately have been East Denver, NFT NYC, and Consensus. Um, but e even East Denver, you know, I mean, even if you're not a builder, they've got like it's like a two week track. Now, you, I never go to the first week, which is like where all the devs go, right? But the the second week, the second portion of it's usually uh, community, and those events are free, you know. So if any yeah. other than the, your trip to Denver. And how far it is, man. I, that's one I encourage everybody to go to, even if you're just kind of scratching, you know, scratching the surface to see, hey, what, what's what's in this industry, what's in this place. You want to meet some people. That's really where I guess you could say the rubber hits the road. You're right. I mean, you get to meet real people, see what's happening. Yeah, and then um, I think what I really like about this too is like gets me excited. What what what's coming up next? What is um, this next bull run? Right, you kind of get that alpha of what these people are building and. And that's, I think, what really keeps me going for these conferences. What, what's next? What's that new new thing that, that we can get into? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because there, there's usually one or two narratives that really drives the next surge in the market. And uh, I'm like you, man. I still don't know what that's going to be. I don't know. I don't really think it's going to be AI. 
Um, so just curious to see uh, what that's going to be now. What you mentioned earlier, man, too, about NFTs, um, you gave the comparison of like when you have a house and, you know, why is that not as as an NFT? And funny enough, man, I was at an event in New Orleans last night and uh, it wasn't a crypto event. It was mainly like an entrepreneur startup event. But of course, I wear my crypto gear. People know me there as the crypto guy. <laughs> and, uh, one of the guys asked me, he's like, man, I thought there's going to be so much more. Like, why isn't my house and all this other stuff on the blockchain? I said, because even though Bitcoin is 15 years, 15 years old, like a lot of this tech, believe it or not, we're still in the infant stages. There are people building that and doing that. It's just it's not mainstream yet. Um, and I think that's going to solve because they were talking about he was talking about how he had to go. Um, he had just closed on a house recently and all the paperwork and all the people he had to hire and pay. Like most of those can be replaced with blockchain, you know, you know, NFTs and smart contracts for uh, escrow. I mean, all that could be easily mediated with, without the need for all those people and fees. No, yeah, and I, and I completely agree with you, right? There's people building it. There's already, you know, it's already being thought of. It's being built. But um, I guess, yeah, to your point, right? It's time that needs to be dedicated and the and the buy-in from not just the projects, but also the people that are looking to tokenize it and build that infrastructure. And, and I think it's going to be coming out soon. Um, I mean, I don't know how soon, right? But it is in the near future. Um, and... And we had to have that, you know, NFT summer, that NFT craze to be able to build out that real infrastructure that that's going to be coming out right now. Um, and there are some use cases for escrow services, not in the U.S. Uh, I think I've seen it like in El Salvador and Latin America where they have properties and escrows as NFTs. And it's just now building on that and, and trying to bring it more to the masses. Yeah. Yeah. And for people, that listen, I mean, imagine as simple as. The NFT that represents the title, the ownership of that property is in the smart contract escrow. And then when the funds are deposited and to pay for that from the buyer, well, then the smart contract has conditions programmed into it to where, okay, the money's been entered, the title's been entered, so all conditions have been met. So now you distribute it to where it needs to go. And that that's just one example, man. There's so much that uh, I think we haven't even scratched the surface to where your you know i mean insurance policies can be um governed by blockchains and DAOs, and um your title to your car you know all those different things can can be represented by blockchain assets and fts yeah exactly and if like you're buying a car from somebody and they, you know how many times they went to the mechanic how many, how many times they got it all serviced you know if it's been on any accidents stuff like that um i think i forgot which automaker is already kind of testing this stuff out and and i think that's really cool right um transparency in, in ownership of your your asset yeah there's actually a founder of a project i don't know if you've probably met him at some events too but scott with car anomaly um they're basically building out a system to where dealers and mechanics and all like they get rewarded for updating uploading data on cars and everything is everything is on chain so i haven't talked to them really since i think consensus of last year but that, that's that's uh you know just one one concept one use case yeah i think um you know we were talking about like some potential like in um sectors that are going to be booming this next year i think like deep in these like um data um you know servers and and gathers like i think it's going to be very important in this next bull run like you have you already have like helium mobile right with these data providers and singers that are able to provide these these services and 
and able to mine right mobile directly from from your cell phone right so i think like all these little things are gonna really bring some some massive use cases here that's funny you mentioned that man i actually have a healing mobile account and uh i got it like really as soon as it was available i wanted to just test it out because obviously this is great aspect and it was able i was able to turn it into a teaching lesson for my my 15 year old daughter to where she had a prepaid phone that didn't have much data she couldn't even send picture messages prior and so i was able to get her that plan for 20 dollars a month right um and she yeah i showed her how to turn on mapping how to earn tokens and i had some tokens too and i said hey i want to send my tokens to you and i taught her how to like this the wallet address send it to me and i, I pasted it to her and she was able to pay her phone bill for the next few months Awesome. So it's not even $20 a month because we use the tokens that were earned. She earned some. I had something that I shared with her. And she was able to pay her phone bill with crypto. And I'm like, you know. But to her, it was after the fact. She didn't even realize that was crypto. It wasn't until we were done. I was like, hey, that was that was cryptocurrency. And that's where we got to get. Where people don't even realize they're using it. They're just, hey, I'm, I'm earning this for, for, you know, turning on mapping. And explains what mapping is. And then I can pay my phone bill with it. Um, not every crypto has to moon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? It just needs to make sense and, and be usable, right? And have bring up more adoption, right? Um, to, and to your point, that user experience, I I recently um, enrolled into the Disney, like, you know those pins that Disney has, those collector pins? Like, every time you go to Disney World, you have, like, a Mickey Mouse pin or Donald Duck pin. So now they came out with NFTs with that for laps. And I was um, whitelisted, got on there, and I started using their app. I don't. I, I told them I didn't have a wallet, so they created my wallet. I have my phone number on there, two FA, all that stuff. And for me, I don't know I'm using blockchain. I mean, I know I'm using blockchain, but it doesn't feel like I'm using blockchain. And I think that's where the industry has to go, and that's going to be the next evolution of Web three, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, actually, Starbucks kind of led the charge on that because mm -hmm. their Odyssey program that they tested out with thirty three thousand uh, users. I was a part of that. Uh -huh. um, nothing in there said it was NFTs. It was an Odyssey program. You're collecting stamps. You're doing different challenges. You're learning more about Starbucks. They're creating that deep customer relationship. Mm -hmm. And they're rewarding people with stamps for taking those missions. And never once did you see the word NFT. It's, it's, it's cool. And that's where it's got to be. I mean, yeah. there's other technology we use. We don't call it what it is, right? Unless you're yeah. building it. You don't really call call it to the end user what it is. Like nobody knows about uh, DNS and HTTP. Most most people don't, right? Yeah. But they use the internet every day. Yeah. Exactly. And same thing with like apps and stuff like that. Yeah. It just needs to make it more user user friendly. Um, and is there any like aspects in Web three that you think that really need this improvement? Because like for me. It's like these lending staking protocols. Like I feel like these are the type of projects that really need this kind of like user experience. And I hope to see that in the next program. Yeah, I mean, really what we do at FIO is one aspect of it. And I'll share some other concepts, but we, we make sending and receiving and requesting that easy because it shouldn't matter. Those long public addresses don't need to be seen by the user. Yeah. They just need something as simple as an email with guidelines to where if they mess up, they won't lose their fund. Right. Because that's a negative experience that'll kill. So that's what we focused on. But another thing I tell a lot of people is, and I think we talked about it right before we started recording, was there's certain wallets that are eliminate not they're not just eliminating seed phrases because seed phrases serve a great purpose. But using other methods to encrypt that user's private key 
to where they don't have this, this set of 12 or 24 words that if I lose that and I can't get access to my funds anymore, that's another negative experience. And if you're onboarding new people, say to a platform and you have to connect the wallet, if they go to set up a MetaMask, as soon as they go to the seed phrase, you lost them. Like, mm -hmm. unless it's super important for them, you've lost them. And so having those, those, those concepts, whether it's, um, you know, MPC, which like some, uh, you know, multi-party doesn't have to be multiple people, but multiple ways to encrypt that data to where that user doesn't have the risk of losing their funds altogether. So I think you take that friction out and you make it to where the user feels like they're just using, they're using tech. They're using like websites, like they're used to not realizing there's a web three element in the background that's powering it. That's where we're going to get. Um, yeah. because if I leave, if you leave with most people and say, Hey, this is an NFT. <laughs> just their perception of what NFT is, what they've heard in the past from that, 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 that big cycle where there was a lot of hype, a lot of crap came out. You're, you're already starting in the hole. They already have a negative perception. Um, it'd rather be like, okay, you've been using this program. Guess what? That wasn't NFT. Oh my God. That, you know, and, and I've tested that in theory with people to where, uh, I had a conversation that completely flipped because I was like, I wanted to show, let's start talking about NFTs. And he had a negative perception. And this was on a recorded video and he was like just going off and I explained to him, well, what about, imagine this process. And I explained how it could be used. And he was like, nobody's ever told me about that. And so we've got to, it's not just the text got to get better. It's really just the usability. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, iPhone is a great, I, I, I don't use iPhones, but I'll say iPhone has done a great job of onboarding the masses to smart smartphones, not because it's the best technology in the phone. I feel there's other phones out there that have better tech, but what is it, man? It's the, the ease of use. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I have, I'm a big Apple proponent and think for that reason, right? The ease of use and just having the simplicity of going from one phone to my laptop to my watch or whatever it is. Right. Um, versus, I mean, I, I haven't used an Android in a long time, so I can't even tell you like the differences right now, but I mean, in the past, it was a little bit different than Google's Play Store compared to the App Store and a few other ones, right? Um, I mean, even I, mean, I make fun of them now, like the green bubbles and the blue bubbles. Right? <laughs> and I'm a green, I'm a green bubble person, but uh, that, that's all going to change soon, right? Apple's yeah. finally uh, getting on board with that. But no, but yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, I onboarded one of my cousins this past, during the holidays, um, we did a secret Santa and I just told him I wanted Bitcoin and, <laughs> and it was their first time purchasing crypto. So I had to go through the whole onboarding process, creating a wallet, letting them know the importance of not screenshotting the seed phrases and things like that. Right. So, so I get completely, the user experience would be a lot better and, and I hope that comes this next bull run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm starting to see more of that too. Um, but yeah, and, and, cause that's really going to be the key to onboarding a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's not I ETFs. I mean, ETFs are going to just add more legitimacy to institutions that want to hold Bitcoin because they don't want to custody it themselves. Like what institution there's all, there's a few, right. But most of them don't like, if they want to invest six figures into Bitcoin, because they see it's lucrative, especially when they're international companies with cash reserves, but the custody scares them to death. Um, that's really what that's for. Right. But, yeah. and so that's going to help add more legitimacy, but I, you're right on the, on the builder side, we've got to, we got to make, we got to find these and we got to pair up with people to make it easier, um, to, yeah. uh, to use the, to use the tech and not so scary, like, 
holy crap, you can lose your whole wallet or you send this to the wrong address, it's gone forever. Yeah, and um, kind of to touch on, I guess, expand that and just kind of tie it back to, to BitWave, right? Um, you know, we're, we're here to help these institutions onboard to crypto and being able to do their financial reporting in a compliant manner and in a way that they already understand, right? So like, let's say that, um, you know, a company wants to hold Bitcoin um, self-custody Right, without having to go through the ETF, right? And being able to account for that in their financial reporting, that's kind of where Bitwave provides that value, right? We're able to take your, your wallet address um, and sync all your holdings directly into Workday, NetSuite. If you work with the accountant um, with Deloitte, then all that on-chain data from Bitcoin, Ethereum, VO transactions, any Stellar, you can sync that all directly into your accountant's um, general ledger. And now your accountant doesn't need to learn Web3. All they need to learn is how to sync the on-chain data directly into um, systems that they're already familiar with, making that onboarding of institutional users a lot easier. And that's kind of like where we come into play, not just for tokens, but also NFT, treasury management, um, on-chain payments, right? Right now, some, some businesses do do B2B um, payments through, say, some merchant services or some financial institution. Now with Bitwave, they can do it all on chain, right? If they have a hot wallet, they want to, they get paid in SHIB ERC-20 and they want to pay another vendor with SHIB ERC-20, they're able to do that directly from their hot wallet, right? Um, so, yeah. Oh, man, that's, yeah, that's, that's huge. I tell you, well, back in 21, when, when, you know, we held some events, I had some vendors that we were either paying in, in crypto or receiving crypto from sponsors, right? So, uh, and man, that was a pain when it came around, time to t around the tax time. So having something like Bitwave, you guys can help with that. And you know, you're absolutely right. Any entity can self-custody on Bitcoin. And I use the example, like some of them are scared of holding that, that amount, but usually it's not that they're, they don't know how to account for it. And so you guys can help with that because they don't necessarily have to buy into an ETF just to get exposure and maybe they want something other than Bitcoin or you know they want to diversify their holdings they can do that without having to wait for an ETF they can self-custody and yeah they can self-custody and, and to your point right they're gonna these ETFs are gonna be charging fees right so if you're holding two million dollars in Bitcoin two percent right that's what forty thousand dollars right in just fees versus if you subscribe for, with Bitwave it's a lot cheaper you self-custody it and you manage and handle all your, your assets yourself rather than having to worry about custodian and have that custodian risk as well. Right. So, so there's ways to do it. Great point. Yeah. So, um, helping, you know, pull it on chain transaction data, helping to, you know, with reporting, uh, you guys provide the, just the data that they'll need, like when they go to their accountant, right. To say, Hey, this is, this is what I did. Yeah. Um, you said B2B payments. So have you guys seen, um, what about on the payroll side? Have you, do you guys help with any kind of payroll reporting? We don't do payroll reporting ourselves. Um, we do work with um, other partners um, that do pay, payroll report reporting. So yeah, if that's something I need, feel free to reach out to us. And we have people in our network that, that can help you out and just kind of have it all synced together. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's important. I mean, you guys, we recently uh, kind of started a collaboration relationship with, with Bitwave at FIO. Um, it's important to have those relationships because yeah, there's all the time, like we have partners that, that have a need with you guys and you guys may have partners that will have a need to use handles to simplify their business. Right. So it's really important in this industry. 
Um, it's a global industry, right? But it's, it's, it seems right now it's a very small world. Like we we see the same people at events. It's great to connect. And that's turned into business and other partnerships and a lot of things. And I think that's going to help move the space forward instead of these large tech industries where everybody's working in their own bubble, right? Like you see uh, this one company like Google, they're, they're not sharing what they're doing with Facebook and better, right? It's, yeah, exactly. This, this, this is completely different. We're more in that that open source sharing sharing contacts, sharing information ethos. Yeah. And that's what's good about, I find about this, as opposed to when I talk to people that work in traditional tech. Yeah, yeah, tech, definitely for sure. Everything here is open source. We want to share things with each other. We just all want to win at this point, right? And we just want to kind of continue growing the ecosystem. We're so early that it, it just doesn't make sense to hide things from each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what kind of what kind of clients or customers is are you looking for at Bitwave? Yeah, uh, so we're looking for essentially any company that's handling digital assets. And what I mean by that is, if you're a Fortune 100 company like Starbucks, right, you're launching this NFT program, and you need a company or that that can scale with you, that manage all those thousands of transactions per day, um, that's able to record, you know, small um, transaction fees, royalties, things like that. That's kind of like, you know, our, 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 our sweet spot. We, we are enterprise grade. Um, we work with, you know, large brands and like you use the, you need the um, open seas, magic Edens of the world, right? Uh, these are all our clients in here, Hedera, right? We're, we're able to help blockchain foundations and, you know, large scale transaction needs. Um, and then we also, that doesn't mean that we don't help the smaller projects, right? Like um, crypto native projects that are starting to, to um, just got funding or starting to fundraise that need that financial reporting, right? Like if you're a pre-seed startup and you're managing all your transactions on a spreadsheet, when you go fundraise, um, do you want to provide your investor with the financial report, or do you want to provide them with the Google sheet with all your transactions, right? And it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be two two tales, right? Two tales of story. If, you know, you're going to be very looking very presentative with the wave and financial reporting versus, hey, here's a spreadsheet. You figure out our gains and losses and, um, you know, our potential revenue for the next quarter, right? And it's going to be a different experience for the investor and and the perception when, when you approach them, right? So, um, and then you have those small medium enterprises right that that are handling bit or that are handling crypto um web 2 companies that are trying to enter the the digital asset space right that may or may not know how, how to do it or how to account for for crypto transactions right gaming companies that have nfts potentially a token how do i account for all these different scenarios right um that's kind of where we come into play and we help automate all these um, rules and tags and transactions for these projects and institutions. So they don't have to worry about that. They can just focus on building or focus on running their business. Um, you know, tagging and all that stuff is, should be left to us. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because I think that's where there's a, probably a, the biggest upside. Not just cryptocurrency or blockchain-based companies that, that are crypto or blockchain native, but your traditional companies, whether they're retailers, web two tech companies, whatever. And they realize that it's not just, Hey, we want to get into crypto, but they realize Bitcoin and other assets are global can be sent anywhere, all over the world, a lot less friction. Um, because I've seen working for some large companies in the past, prior to jumping into cryptocurrency, I've seen like international companies have big either profits or losses 
just from currency exchanges from doing business in different countries. Like, you know, mm -hmm. when, when the business that was in, maybe say this country, um, even though on paper it was up there, they were actually down because of, because of all the, uh, not just the, the inflate the, the exchanges, but also, um, just all the, all the fees associated with, with conversions. Yeah. Um, but all these companies that whether you're a mom and pop store or a big business and you want to start implementing, accepting crypto payments. I was telling somebody this yesterday too, cause they were like, okay, do you just switch everybody over? I said, no, you got to give people options. Just like when you go to check out now, say on online and a web two site, and there's like pay with PayPal checkout or pay with a credit card, mm -hmm. or it gives you different methods to pay. It's just another opportunity right now that I think they should give people an option to pay, pay with the cryptocurrency and, and then, you know, go to you guys to figure out, okay, now let's just do accounting because if they're paying a stable coins, it's a little bit easier because it's dollar for dollar, but then you do have transaction fees as well there. Uh, but if they want to have some exposure to Bitcoin and they accept Bitcoin and then it goes up in value and then maybe they, they pay out that Bitcoin to somebody else, there's, there's different things that have to be accounted for. Right. So like the exactly. fluctuation, the gas fees, all that. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Or if like, let's say you're dealing with a, a vendor in Europe and they're going to be paying in euros or it's converted, the currency is euros, but then they pay you in Bitcoin, but you're in the US, how do you convert that to US dollar in your financial reporting, right? So all that differentiators um, we, we can help with and, and, and yeah, helping them organize um, all that so that they can have um, compliant books and records. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Alberto, man, as we wrap up, um, let's share with everybody where they can find out more about Bitwave and follow what you guys are doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, Bitwave, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I think it's Bitwave platform. Um, that's our, or should I say X profile, um, as well as LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn's Bitwave. Um, that Those, are, I think, are our best um, avenues, as well as our website. Um, sign up for a subscription or our, our newsletter. And also, um, just want to highlight if anybody is interested in like um, courses um, on crypto accounting, digital assets. Uh, we do have Bitwave University where people can go learn about all the different nuances that we have to go through um, when reporting digital asset transactions um, in different jurisdictions. So we have um, webinars with like Deloitte, um, Coinbase, Nier, Hedera, and a few other ones that. We really just talk about um, the challenges that they face in the industry and, and some of the regulatory changes that are happening. Um, great resource um, for anybody in the, as a financial professional um, handling digital assets. Cool, nice. Yeah, I wasn't aware of the university. That's good. I think I'm going to go check that out personally as, as well. Yeah, I'll send that over to you. Cool. All right, Alberto, man, it's been a pleasure talking today about your background, your history. Good to see you again. You know, we, we normally run into each other in person, occasionally yeah. at events, hoping to see you at Eat Denver uh, next month. Yeah, next month. And, yeah. Uh, any final thoughts or any, any anything else to share before we wrap up? Uh, no, man. I thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to spend some time with you. And likewise, I, mean, I had a great time catching up. Uh, I do look forward to seeing you guys, seeing you and the field team um, out at these conferences. So, yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks again, Alberto, for joining us today. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody.